listening to the Finance Professor podcast brought to you by financeprofessor.org. Hi, I'm Linus Wilson. In this episode, I read one of my new research papers, How to Compare Faculty Pay Across the Business School. So unless you're at a very large department at a very large university, uh, it's probably almost impossible to get any statistical results uh, out of pay within a department or within a discipline of a particular business school. And uh, that's just because the departments typically are not that big. You know, you'll have some universities that have 30 person departments, but uh, that's certainly not the case at my business school. At my business school, there's probably about 40 PhD faculty or so. Uh, and the study that I am going to read to you today, we had a sample size of 35. You know, I think this paper is relevant to administrators, uh, to faculty members uh, at business schools across the country and around the globe. That a common problem is how do we fairly set compensation uh, across the business school? Uh, are we setting rewards right? Are we uh, paying too much, paying too little? Uh, am I being paid fairly? And, you know, maybe at private schools, only administrators have access to this data, such as maybe uh, department chairs or business school deans or higher administration. Uh, but at public universities, by and large, pay data is available. It may not be easy to download or anything like that. You may have to collect it by hand, uh, but most public universities, I would guess in the United States, actually make the pay of the faculty and every employee in the university public. And uh, sadly for me, I only realized how to access that data and really seriously thought about getting that data for myself a few weeks ago. In terms of research methodology, if you put a bunch of dummy variables, say for each department or discipline, and in most business schools, I would think that departments bridge several different disciplines. So the larger the business school, the departments may be just one discipline. But I would say that my business school, the B.I. Moody College of Business at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, which does not endorse this study or did not commission this study, nor is it the does it represent the opinions of any faculty, staff, administrators, government employees, etc., except for myself. So if you put in discipline or department dummy variables to help explain pay, there's no way to tell if you use raw paid numbers, that is dollars, whether that reflects the different market opportunities of say management professors versus finance professors, or uh, that, rec that represents some sort of overpayment for finance or underpayment for finance or some overpayment for management or underpayment for management. But if you scale the pay by some objective standard, such as the AACSB executive summary of the salary survey, which is freely available to anybody with access to the internet, then you can make stronger inferences. 
And so if you do put in dummy variables by discipline or department, and you find that there are significant differences by discipline or department after you have scaled the paid data by uh, the average pay for the rank and the discipline of the professors in your sample, then you can say if the management department is overpaid or the finance department is underpaid. So obviously, when you're scaling pay, it makes sense to do it by discipline. And so either look at the faculty's research if that is available, uh, or look at what they're teaching, which is probably the easier criteria. And then you can say what discipline they are in. But you need to know the disciplines of each faculty member and scale them by the disciplines. So I think there's a somewhat of a myth that you know, academics are dispassionate observers. And while I do believe if you're doing game theory or if you're doing statistical analysis that you are grounded in the mathematics and hopefully the researcher is presenting them as fairly as possible. That being said, you know, the studies that you pursue as an academic I think academics are passionate about. And so I certainly am passionate about the subject of this paper and the statistics that are coming out of it. I wrote all those papers about the TARP program and the Federal Reserve bailouts and the FDIC bailouts of the banking sector during the financial crisis, not because I was necessarily you know, living in this academic vacuum and did not care about these things except that there was a data set out. Uh, instead, you know, I was a concerned citizen who saw the world falling apart uh, and a lot of nonsense in the media uh, about how banks should be bailed out or not bailed out. And I certainly, as a taxpayer, was very upset that very well-paid bankers were coming to less well-paid taxpayers to have them bailed out. And so I wanted those bailouts to be as efficient as possible. And so that was one of my motivations for writing all those papers on the Troubled Asset Relief Program and the bank bailouts. Likewise, uh, you know, had I felt like I was being treated fairly uh, by the university, I probably wouldn't have wrote this paper. I was tired of hearing a lot of nonsense. And, you know, I wanted any discussions about pay at the College of Business be, to be illuminated by some objective facts, some objective statistics. And I think the objective statistics really make the case that my colleagues in finance and myself uh, have been really poorly treated relative to other research faculty members at the business school. Without further ado, here's a reading of my new working paper, which has a methodology that I think can be applied to many different business schools over many different time periods and will be of use to faculty and administrators all over the world. 
How to Compare Faculty Pay Across the Business School by Linus Wilson, Associate Professor of Finance, the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, Department of Economics and Finance. Abstract. By scaling pay by AACSB averages, pay across business school disciplines can be analyzed. This study looks at a unique data set of business school professors at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. It finds large disparities in pay between the business disciplines that cannot be explained by the market price of the scholars in the disciplines, research productivity, or faculty to major ratios. The finance professors were the lowest paid of six disciplines as a percent of the AACSB pay, but had the highest research productivity and majors per research faculty member at the Moody College of Business Administration, MCOBA. Finance professors were paid about 20% less as a percent of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline than other research faculty at the MCOBA. Members of the management department were paid significantly higher percentage of AACSB average pay than other professors in the business school. This data may be indicative of a misallocation of resources. The approach in this paper could be applied to analyze pay practices at many other business schools and over many other time periods. Section 1, Introduction. This paper finds that the finance research faculty at the B.I. Moody III College of Business Administration, MCOBA, at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette makes significantly less than other faculty in MCOBA. I measure pay as a percent of the Association to Advance Collegiate Schools of Business, AACSB, average salaries for the year rank and discipline of the tenured and tenure-track faculty in the sample. The research faculty in finance make about 20% less by that measure than other faculty in MCOBA. MCOBA was an AACSB accredited school at the time of writing. This pay gap is despite the fact that the finance faculty were the most productive in terms of peer-reviewed publications or majors per research faculty member in the latest 2010 to 2015 AACSB accreditation report. In contrast, management and quantitative methods faculty are paid significantly more than other faculty in the business school. The members of the largest department, the management department, are overpaid by about 10% as a percent of the AACSB averages. This study cannot explain why finance faculty are underpaid and management and quantitative faculty are overpaid. The de facto hiring freeze on research faculty in finance and the pooling of finance with the lowest paid discipline in the AACSB data, economics, may be possible explanations. The underpayment of the four finance professors and overpayment for the 13 management and quantitative methods professors in the sample persist when controls for research productivities, experience, professorships, gender, and rank are included. This data indicates that the college and university has had and will have trouble recruiting new finance faculty. Further, MCOBA will struggle to retain its existing research faculty unless that pay gap is narrowed. There is evidence that the pay gap between associate professors and assistant professors was no longer significant in 2016-2017 after being significant in 2015-2016, signaling lower pay as a percentage of the AACSB averages. 
This relative inversion did not mean that higher ranked professors earned less than lower ranked ones. It just meant that full professors got a lower percentage of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline in a given year. In the next section, I review the relevant literature on faculty pay and productivity. The data methodology is discussed in section 3, where the basic statistics for the sample are introduced. In section 4, statistical tests of mean and multivariate regressions explaining research faculty pay are conducted. In section 5, the paper concludes. Literature review. There does seem to be a positive association between research output and academic pay. In the United Kingdom, the government awards grants to the universities based on their assessment of research productivity as part of the Research Excellence Framework, REF. De Fraha et al. 2016 finds a positive and significant association between faculty salaries and how well the university does in the REF evaluations. Five of the seven economics departments studied in Hammermesh et al. 1982 found more cited scholars earned significantly more. Diamond 1986 summarizes the results of five studies looking at the range of disciplines. That study found that each citation increases the scholar's pay between $50 and $1,300. Olu et al. 2010 finds that only top-tier publications were positively associated with accounting professors' pay in Ontario universities. Hammermesh and Fawn 2012 find that more prolific academic economists make more. Here I do find a positive and significant association between research output and and pay in terms of peer-reviewed journal article output in the 2015-2016 data. Nevertheless, this effect is only significant if the underpayment and overpayment of finance and management professors at the Moody College of Business Administration, respectively, is controlled for. Moreover, the association between research output and pay disappears even with those controls in the most recent pay period study. In New Zealand, during the period of Boyle 2008 study, pay was set uniformly regardless of discipline. Boyle 2008 found disciplines with more outside opportunities were significantly less productive. In contrast, in this study, we control for outside opportunities and find that the most productive discipline in terms of research in the sample, finance, was the lowest paid, controlling for wages across disciplines. Boyle's findings may point to long-term retention and research output problems for the Moody College of Business Administration if the pay disparities found in this paper persist. Pagani and Turetsky, 2008, argue that salary formulas that do not take into account differences between between the disciplines under the California State University Collective Bargaining Agreement created retention problems for accounting and finance faculty. According to the AACSB, accounting and finance are the second and first highest paid disciplines in the business schools, respectively. Porter et al. 2008 found that female professors were paid significantly less after controlling for other factors. I tested that hypothesis by including a dummy for the gender of the Moody College of Business Administration tenured and tenure-track faculty members. I found no evidence of women of 
the Moody College of Business Administration making any more or less than men after controlling for rank and discipline. Indeed, the 10 women in the Moody College of Business Administration were paid 90% of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline, while the 25 men in the sample made 83% of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline in the 2015-2016 data. That gap favoring women professors only narrowed slightly in the 2016-2017 academic year, with female research faculty earning 91% of the AACSB average and male faculty on average earning 86% of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline. Thus, there is a better case for gender bias against men at the Moody College of Business and Administration compared to the pay gap harming women in Porter et al. Moore et al. 2008 find that lower pay of more senior faculty can be explained by lower research output by more senior faculty. Bratsburg 2010 finds that there is a significant penalty for seniority. There is some evidence that at the Moody College of Business Administration, Higher rank professors earn less than assistant professors relative to the AACSB averages for their ranks, but this is not proof of absolutely lower pay. It just indicates pay is compressed between the ranks. In this study, after controlling for research productivity, I find assistant professors at MCOBA are paid significantly higher percentage of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline than associate professors in 2015-2016, but the percentage gap is insignificant in 2016-2017. Further, I find that full professors at the Moody College of Business Administration make significantly less than associate professors as a percent of the AACSB averages for their rank and discipline after journal article output is controlled for in the 2015-2016 and 2016-2017 data. I measured seniority as the years from receiving the PhD or DBA. There was no significant benefit or cost to seniority or years since earning the PhD or DBA at the Moody College of Business Administration. Section 3, Data. I hand-collected the total nine-month salary data from the assistant, associate, and full professors in the Moody College of Business Administration from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette's annual reports from the academic years of 2014-2015, 2015-2016, and 2016-2017. Salary growth was calculated from the difference between the 2016-2017 and 2014-2015 academic years scaled by the 2014-2015 salary data. Total salary was scaled by the AACSB average pay for the professor's ranks and disciplines. 2015-2016 salary was scaled by the 2015-2016 AACSB average for that rank and discipline. 2016-2017 pay was scaled by the AACSB average for the 2016-2017 year. Finance professors had the highest average pay for every rank in the AACSB salary surveys for both those academic years. 
The discipline of each professor was identified based on the courses they taught at the business school. The management department had quantitative methods and management professors. The economics and finance department had professors from those two different disciplines. I included only professors for which we had salary data in 2015-2016. That meant a retiree in 2014-2015 was not included, and a couple of new hires in 2016-2017 were not included. As a result, neither the interim or previous dean were included in the sample. There was one hospitality professor, one insurance and risk management professor, and one legal studies assistant professor. I excluded those professors from the sample because the AACSB salary survey did not report average pay for those disciplines. According to Table 2, the finance professors on average earned 71% of the AACSB average, which was 11% lower than the next lowest paid discipline. Economics at 82% of average AACSB pay. Management professors on average had the highest scaled pay at 99% of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline. The most common rank was associate professor, which was 20 professors in 2015-2016. As part of the business school's continuance of accreditation with the AACSB, all the faculty submitted CVs that listed peer-reviewed publications from 2010 to 2015. I counted the peer-reviewed publications listed for every faculty member. Finance had the highest number of peer-reviewed journal publications of 20 per faculty member. Accounting only had four journal publications per faculty member over a five-year period, despite being the highest paid discipline in absolute terms, and management only averaged five publications from 2010 to 2015, despite being the highest paid discipline relative to the AECSB averages. Indeed, three management professors failed to have the minimum of three peer-reviewed publications over five years to meet the scholarly academic standard, which is important for the Moody College of Business Administration's continuing AACSB accreditation. One of those management faculty members retired in 2015, and another was the department chair at a lower minimum research standard than the regular faculty members. As a robustness check, I scaled 2015-2016 data by the AACSB average for that year, and 2014-2015 salary was scaled by 2014-2015 averages for the rank and discipline. I found similar percentages of scaled pay across disciplines in those years, as are in Table 2, Thus, the relative overpayment of management and quantitative methods and underpayment of finance relative to the overall average percent of AACSB average pay persisted in 2014, 2015, and 2016-2017. The AACSB Continuance of Accreditation Report for 2014-2015 listed the number of majors graduating in each discipline between 2010 and 2015. The average number of majors graduating from 2010 to 2015 was scaled by the number of tenure track and tenured faculty teaching those majors in 2014-2015. Finance had the highest number of graduating majors per tenured and tenure track faculty of the six majors, 
with more than one tenured or tenure track faculty teaching the major with about 20.8 students per research faculty member. Second was management with 16.5 majors per research faculty. Fifth and sixth were quantitative methods and economics with 2.7 and 2.2 majors per research faculty respectively. At the time of writing, there has been a de facto hiring freeze on both finance and economic research faculty for eight years, which is much longer than any other discipline listed. No other disciplines in Table 2 have had similar hiring freezes. Indeed, both economics and finance have no assistant professors as faculty. While the major totals may support such a freeze in economics, the low number of majors in quantitative methods did not stop that discipline from hiring a new assistant professor in 2014-2015. In addition, the high number of majors to research faculty in finance means finance majors at MCOBA have a much higher percentage of classes taught by lecturers than all other six disciplines listed. The low pay of finance professors and the low number of research faculty teaching finance majors may be interrelated. The leadership of the Moody College of Business and Administration and or the university may be unaware or unwilling to hire research faculty to teach the finance major. Indeed, they just conducted an instructor search instead of an assistant professor search, signaling their intent to make the finance major staffed by instructors versus professors. A similar policy is not in effect for any other disciplines outside of economics and finance. The hiring of new research faculty in disciplines with lower major to faculty ratios than finance in accounting, management, marketing, and quantitative methods cannot easily be explained by this data. The best explanation that I can offer is that perhaps senior administration cannot distinguish between finance faculty members and economics faculty members. The annual report, for example, does not break out the disciplines of the faculty, only the department. This can be very disruptive in economics and finance, where the popularity of the major at the Moody College of Business and the pay of the faculty in the AACSB data are so different. Economics is the lowest paid discipline in the AACSB, and finance is the highest paid discipline in the AACSB. In management and quantitative methods, at least the pay of the two disciplines is similar. Nevertheless, the fact that quantitative methods hired new faculty in the period studied may indicate that the leadership of the college or university may be ignoring the low major to faculty ratio in quantitative methods and confusing those professors with other management professors. The business school has combined the most productive disciplines with respect to majors per research faculty member, finance and management, with the two least productive disciplines, economics and quantitative methods. This causes the majors per faculty member statistics for those departments to mask how unpopular the economics and quantitative methods majors have been. The university broke ground on a 2.5 million gift from the Marai Financial Services Lab on April 12th. While the community is providing generous support for financial education at the Moody College of Business Administration, 
the administration of the university and college are providing a low level of support for finance relative to other majors and disciplines. This low level of support cannot be justified by the relative productivity of the finance faculty. The finance professors are the most productive in terms of majors taught and publications according to Table 2. In Table 3, Panel A, we have the dummy variables for the sample. In 2015 to 2016, 11.4, 22.9, 20, 17.1, 14.3, and 14.3% of the professors in the sample were teaching in the subjects of finance, management, accounting, economics, marketing, and quantitative methods. In 2014, 20% were assistant professors and full professors. The balance, the majority of the sample, were associate professors. 28% of tenured or tenure track faculty in the sample were women. The average professor made 87.9% of the AACSB average for her rank in in 2016-2017. A finance professor was paid 59.9% of the AACSB average for his discipline or rank, while the highest paid professor was a marketing professor making over 118% of the AACSB average for his rank. Pay rose for the median professor in the two years between 2014-2015 and 2016-2017 by 11.1%. The university underwent a long pay freeze in a period of tight budgets after the Great Recession of 2008 that lifted around 2014-2015. The business school had a fairly mechanical research standard for accreditation and tenure and promotion over the period studied. Journal articles would count towards tenure and promotion and accreditation if they were listed in the Cabell's directory with an acceptance rate of less than 50%. Five eligible articles were the minimum for tenure and seven articles were the minimum for promotion to associate professor. Ten articles post-promotion to associate professor made a research faculty member eligible for promotion to full professor if the scholar was more than four years from her associate professor promotion. Three eligible journal articles in five years were necessary to meet the scholarly academic essay standard for accreditation. No other quality criteria were generally recognized. The author found very few members of the faculty with Google Scholar profiles listing citations, for example. Thus, I believe that the number of journal articles is a good proxy for research output at MCOBA. The most prolific scholar in the sample was a finance professor with 25 peer-reviewed journal publications from 2010 to 2015. I was that scholar. The least prolific over the period had no publications and received his PhD in accounting in 2013. The median scholar produced one peer-reviewed journal article per year or five over the period. The average and median tenured or tenure-track faculty member was 19 years from his or her PhD or DBA in 2015. That is, a majority of the faculty earned their PhD or DBA prior to 2000. The average faculty member held 1.4 endowed professorships. The range was 4 to 0 professorships for any faculty member. The professorships usually carried 
an annual salary of roughly $3,000. Professorships were competitively awarded typically and underwent a selection process every three years. Salary figures included any professorship salary. Section four, statistical tests. In table four, we test if the means of the finance faculty on measures of pay, research output, salary growth, experience, and the number of professorships held were statistically significant from the rest of the tenured or tenure track faculty in our sample. With 99% confidence, we can conclude finance professors were lower paid, 71 versus 91% of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline, and more productive, 20 journal articles versus six than the average professor in 2016-2017. With 95% confidence, the finance professors held significantly more endowed professorships than other doctoral faculty members in the business school, 2.5 versus 1.2 on average. The salary growth of finance was not significantly different than other disciplines. Thus, the pay disparities were not narrowing significantly from 2015 to 2017. Moreover, finance professors had about the same level of experience, 17 years as the rest of the faculty, 22 years, since the PhD or DBA. Thus, experience is not a likely culprit of the pay disparity. In the ordinary least squares OLS regressions of Table 5, the dependent variable is scaled by 2015-2016 research faculty pay as a percent of the average pay for their rank and discipline. In Models 1 and 2, we find the coefficients for experience in log years plus 1 since the PhD or DBA and the number of professorships held are insignificant. Model 3 has the highest adjusted R-squared of the five models. Its independent variables, the number of journal articles, the dummies for assistant professors, full professors, finance professors, and management professors are all statistically significant at greater than 90% confidence. The finance and management Dummies are significant with 99% confidence. In Model 3, finance professors earn 20.6% less than comparable economics, marketing, quantitative methods, and accounting professors as a percent of the AACSB average for their rank. Thus, an associate professor of finance with no publications would earn 81.7% minus 20.6% equal to 61.7% of the AACSB average. In contrast, management professors are predicted to earn 8.7% more than comparable economics, marketing, quantitative methods, and accounting professors. Model 3 predicts a management professor with no publications would earn 8.17% plus 8.7% equals 90.4% of AACSB pay. Thus, comparable management professors are paid 28.7% more as a percent of the AACSB averages than finance professors. That is a large and statistically significant pay gap that indicates the college is overpaying for management professors and underpaying for finance professors. In models one, two, and three, we have dummies for the finance and management professors. 
In those models, it appears that more productive researchers are paid 0.5% more per publication in the five-year period. This is statistically significant with 5% confidence. Thus, an associate professor with 25 publications in Model 3 in accounting, economics, marketing, or quantitative methods would earn 81.7% plus 25 times 0.5% equals 94% of the AACSB average. Unfortunately for the one associate professor who did publish that much, he was in finance. Thus, Model 3 predicts he would earn 81.7 plus 25 times 0.5% minus 20.6% equal to 73.6% of the AACSB average. If the scholar was in management, then the model would predict that he would earn 102.9% of the AACSB average for associate professors in management. In Model 4, in which the finance and management dummies are dropped, the positive and significant relationship between, between research output disappears. That is, if we do not control for the underpayment of finance professors and the overpayment of management professors, the rewards for research output become negative and insignificant. It also seems clear that higher rank professors are relatively underpaid in the MCOBA. This effect is not as large in magnitude as the underpayment of finance faculty, but it is statistically significant in all models. Assistant professors are paid significantly more as a percent of the average AACSB pay for their rank. This ranges from 5.8 to 10.3% in the five models. Thus, Model 3 predicts that an assistant professor in accounting, economics, marketing, or quantitative methods would make 81.7 plus 5.8% equals 87.5% if she had no journal publications. In contrast, if he or she was a full professor with no publications from 2010 to 2015 in accounting, economics, marketing, or quantitative methods, then Model 3 would predict that that professor would earn 77% of the AACSB average for full professors. The significance of the assistant professor and full professor dummies is not evidence of absolute levels of inversion. Inversion is when a higher ranked professor makes less than a lower ranked professor in the same discipline. In absolute terms, I did not observe absolute levels of inversion except in the management department management and quantitative methods disciplines in 2015-2016. Nevertheless, because associate and full professors generally make more than assistant professors in Table 1, there can be no absolute inversion in many of the Moody College of Business Administration departments, even though there is a great deal of relative inversion and higher-ranked professors make significantly lower percentages of AACSB pay. The lack of hiring of research faculty in finance for eight years and higher use of lecturers to teach finance majors certainly has allowed the university to ignore the fact that finance professors are paid over 20% less than comparable faculty in other disciplines in the Moody College of Business Administration. In regression results, which are not reported, I include a dummy variable for gender of the research faculty member. I found the gender dummy variable to be statistically insignificant when the controls in Table 5 were used. The female dummy variable is insignificant in all models in Table 6, 
I also did t-tests of means between the 10 female faculty and 25 male faculty in the sample, which are not reported for brevity. There was no significant difference between female and male research faculty in terms of 2016-2017 pay scaled by AACSB averages, salary growth, peer-reviewed publications between 2010 and 2015, professorships held, and years since PhD or DBA. Indeed, the average female research faculty member made 91% of the AACSB average for her rank and discipline. Compare that to the average male faculty member who made only 86% of the AACSB average for his rank and discipline. Part of the lower relative pay of male faculty members may be due to there only being one female faculty member in the sample in the two lowest paid disciplines in Table 2. In the 2016-2017 pay regression in Table 6, research output as measured by peer-reviewed journal articles is no longer significant. Instead, there's a positive association between professorships held and pay. Pay as a percent of the AACSB for the rank and discipline rises by about 4% per professorship in all models in Table 6. In contrast, in Table 5, professorships were not significant in predicting pay as a percent of the AACSB averages, but research output was. In addition, the assistant professor dummy is no longer significant in Table 6. This indicates that the Moody College of Business Administration was successful in correcting some of the relative inversion between assistant and associate professors. There was no significant difference between pay of men or women in all four models in Table 6. Thus, there is no significant evidence of a gender gap in pay at MCOBA. In addition, experience was not significant in Models 1 and 2 in Table 6. Finance professors were paid between 16 to 24 percent less as a percent of the AACSB averages than accounting, economics, and marketing professors according to the four models. Management or management and quantitative methods professors were paid significantly more, about 11% more than accounting, economics, and marketing professors according to the four models. The finance dummies were statistically significant at the 95 to 99% confidence levels. The management and management and quantitative method dummies were significant with greater than 99% confidence. Section 5, Conclusion. Finance professors at the B.I. Moody III College of Business Administration, MCOBA, are paid a much lower percent of the AACSB average for their rank and discipline than other research faculty in the business school. Ironically, finance professors at MCOBA were the most productive in terms of peer-reviewed journal publications and produced the most majors per research faculty member of any discipline in the business school. The underpayment by about 20% of the AACSB averages is statistically significant and persists when we put in several controls for multiple years of data. The average finance professor is paid 71% of AACSB pay in 2016-2017 compared to the average for the other disciplines of 91%. If this pay disparity persists, the Moody College of Business Administration may have trouble recruiting and retaining finance faculty and meeting standards requiring minimum levels of research faculty. The highest paid academic discipline in the AACSB data, 
finance is housed in a department of economics and finance with the lowest paid academic discipline in the AACSB economics. Moreover, economics had the lowest output of majors per faculty members and finance had the highest. It is possible pooling the finance faculty with the economics faculty has made it hard to track the disparities in pay and majors produced. Management and quantitative methods has a similar disparity in the popularity of the two majors. The management major has the second highest number of majors per research faculty member in Table 2, and quantitative methods has the second lowest after economics in Table 2. The annual report pay data does not group faculty by teaching or research discipline, but by department. I believe this makes it harder for the senior administration within the university and outside consultants to spot these problems in the annual report. The de facto hiring freeze for research faculty and finance for eight years in favor of hiring instructors has not only cheapened the quality of the finance major's instruction, but also has allowed administrators to ignore the disconnect between the pay of their present faculty and their market opportunities. Nevertheless, the failed search for the Andrus Endowed Chair in Finance should have been a warning to administrators that the pay of finance faculty was out of line with what it takes to recruit and retain PhD or DBA level faculty in finance. The pay of the management department and the management and quantitative methods faculty is significantly higher by about 11% than the rest of the faculty. Thus it seems pay and management and quantitative methods have outpaced the business school when scaled by market averages. Since there were 13 faculty in our sample in those two disciplines, that overpayment was much bigger in dollar terms for the university than the relative underpayment to the four finance faculty members. Quantitative methods and management are paid very similarly in the AACSB data in Table 1. Thus, pooling their salaries does not lead to large over- or underpayments in the management department. In contrast, economics and finance has had very different average pay in AACSB. If the administration persists on paying faculty by department, they should think seriously of moving finance to be with accounting, the second highest paid discipline in the AACSB. The evidence on pay in this paper indicates the finance faculty have suffered when they were housed with the lower paid and less productive economics faculty. Indeed, in the last 10 years, there have been three chairs of the economics and finance department, and all of them have been economists who have done little to correct these inequities. So I have a video version of the paper, if you want to see me, and that will be on the YouTube channel of Linus Wilson. There's a link to that in the show notes. Check out our show notes. You can do that by viewing the full description with three dots on your iPhone. You can also go to linuswilson.com or financeprofessor.org and click on the show notes where you can get the full paper. You can download the paper uh, by going to either my research page or going to the blog section and the, the blog will have a link to the paper. You just hit the orange button once you get to the abstract screen to download the PDF. And uh, I hope you enjoy it if you download it. I've set up a 
Finance Professor podcast newsletter. If you're a member of my Slow Boat Sailing newsletter, very different content I plan to put on this. I don't send out that many emails on my author newsletter for the sailing, and I don't plan to send out many emails for this because I'm just basically too busy to send out emails from the newsletter. But if you want to keep in touch, find out what I'm working on, find out what the podcast is doing, uh, that's a great way to sign up for that. All you have to do is put in your email address and then MailChimp will ask you to confirm it. That's totally free. It's not at all related to investment advice. You are not a client of mine. Uh, this is not investment advice. All right, until next time, remember finance is fun. This is Linus Wilson. Bye-bye.